What up, everybody? This is back. You're listening to the Feedback Podcast, the only podcast about the Austin scene, the Austin nightlife. And this is part one of our three-part series about the state of the Austin music scene. And on this episode, we get to talk to Rebecca Farrell from Austin Music Law and T-Double from the Urban Artists Alliance. So we discussed Mayor Adler's resolution to preserve our music uh, community and music scene. We talk about some of the problems that venues are facing, that artists are facing, what are some of the solutions, how you can get involved and help out and contribute to, uh, to make sure that we remain the live music capital of the world. And if you stick around till the end, we'll have a little surprise for you, courtesy of T-Double. And one quick announcement, if you like what I'm doing with the Feedback Podcast, bringing a voice to the Austin scene, uh, feel free to donate. You can go to thefeedback.com slash donate. And every dollar count, it goes towards the equipment, the hosting, the website, all that stuff. So I really appreciate your support. And let's keep the conversation going. All right, let's go. Hey, yo, it's Sheena Simmons, and you're listening to the Feedback Podcast. Bloop. And we're live. Welcome to the Feedback Podcast, everybody. My name is Back. Thank you for tuning in. This is part one of our three-part series about the state of the Austin music scene. As always, I got my friend Miko. How you doing, man? And I'm doing good. Happy to be starting the series. Yeah, yeah. So three-part series is going to be talking about the omnibus resolution that the mayor introduced earlier this year to preserve our Austin music community, the ecosystem. So we're going to be talking... To some of the key players in the scene, uh, today we have some really special guests that we'll introduce in a second, but I want to keep the, you know, the mystery going. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but first, as always, uh, we got you know, the live chat, of course, on Mixler, thefeedback.com slash Mixler, uh, so you can tune in live, join the conversation. Um, also, hopefully later on, we'll take some calls and read some comments if you got some stuff to say. But first, as always, let's go through uh, last week's show, Miko. Yeah, so last week's show was with Sheena, Sim- Sheena Simmons. Yeah. Shout out to her. We did a little, we did a little uh, recap on the last time she was here and her, uh, her exploration out into the Austin world and dating scene. It, she was still working on that. She was still working on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was good to catch, her because, catch up with her because she's a comedian. And she recently just left her job to pursue mm-hmm. her career as a comedian, actress, and model, and all that good stuff. And uh, we also talked about the rise of the Austin comedy scene here in Austin. And there's a lot of uh, uh, open mics now going on uh, from uh, Empire is the biggest one that I know of mm-hmm. every uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, Empire Control Room. And actually, Stand Up Empire just released their first episode on PBS uh, K-L-R-U, you can check it out. It's, it features Chris Cubis. Uh, if you don't know who Chris Cubis is, you cannot miss him. He looks like uh, Reggie Watts. <laughs> uh, everybody says he's, he's Reggie Watts. I made that mistake when I first met him. Um, so Chris Cubis and Saffron Herdon, she's like this. She's like 13 years old. Wow. What? And she was performing at uh, Moon Tower uh, at Fun Fest, I think. She was also on there. But she, yeah, she's like 13, and she's killing it. Wow. So they feature these two comics. Uh, so that's going on every Tuesday at Empire Control Room around 8 p.m. or so. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on with the comedy scene. And then we did... 
Yeah, so then we did the nat, the nat rap <laughs> freestyle. Just a little little background for those. If you maybe saw the, the live, the Facebook live video, um, we had a couple of gnats in the studio. We won't, we won't a couple? Na- we won't name any yeah, names on how they got here. And they reproduced and then turned to seven. Yeah, well, of course. And we named them here. all. <laughs> <laughs> so check out our uh, check out our, our mm-hmm. impromptu nat nat rap freestyle yeah. on Facebook. It's uh it's pretty funny. We did a little um a little little rap across. What was a what was the beat? Twenty five lighters. Yeah, some south lighters on my dresser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just dropped the beat and start freestyling about gnats. It was hilarious. And then of course <laughs> Sheena had to oblige. She started going off on it. It was a lot of fun. So it was impromptu. We didn't plan it, but you know we had to talk about them gnats because they were real. Like we were recording and we were just clapping <laughs> left and right trying to get rid of them. But anyway, it was a lot of fun. So that episode is up on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can go check it out. And, uh, you know, keep up with Sheena Simmons. She's doing great things. And, yeah. Cool. So as far as other things regarding last week, um, Beck, uh, you weren't yeah. here in Austin, man. Yeah, I was in, I was in Austin. I, I, I did not. I forgot it was the Rock Rally hmm. weekend. And Your subconscious didn't. Well, exactly. <laughs> I, did, I was like, I got to get the fuck out of here because all these bikers going to be around. No, no, no. I've done the, the Rock Rally before. But anyway, I was in Chicago. It was my first time there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason why I went was, one, I wanted to see what the scene was like there. Um, and also my girlfriend at a convention going on, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but uh, one thing I noticed there is I went to this place called Soundbar. And what was crazy about it, like, we don't, we don't have, in Austin, we don't have this place that you have to get in. Like, as much as, as fancy as Rio and Summits and all these places that do bottle service with the mm-hmm. nice girls and everything... Uh, we don't have anything like that. So it was kind of re- refreshing and interesting to me to walk up to a place and there's four checkpoints by the time I walk in. Hmm. Like I had to, I know uh, um, I was hooked up with this guy who was the promoter there mm-hmm. and uh, dropped his name at the door. He's like, ah, I want trying to talk to Dwayne. And he goes, walk in. And I, need, I need to page Dwayne. So they do get on the mic, like on the collar. Uh, Dwayne, you need right. to come to, we don't have any of those things. So it was just weird to see. So was it worth it when you get on the inside? Yes, it was. They had three rooms. They had a basement, a main room, and another room, uh, and they were playing hip hop in the basement. And they hooked me up with a free bottle of champagne. Nice. Uh, and the hip, I thought it was gonna be one of those, uh, like turn up the whole time, like like shoulder press music, Chicago it, drill. Like this. <laughs> uh, and with all the trap stuff, and it wasn't. They played some old school stuff. He mixed it up, and they went on till three. And then at three, they shut down the basement, and everybody goes to the main floor, and they go till five, wow. and the and the other room too, and that goes till five. So, it's been a long time since I went to uh, I went out, and when I got out, like sun was coming up. Yeah. Mm. I haven't done that since like Paris, so it, it's it was great experience. Sound bar, shout out to Tommy Z, shout out to Dwayne and Amir. Uh, they had bottle service, and you tip ahead of time, which is I think I think is a good idea. You tip the cocktail waitress, you know, because otherwise you got to go through this whole process. Okay, who's paying what and all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And the waitress could only take cash; they couldn't like open a tab, which I think is a good idea too. But anyway, that's Chicago. Great, I had, I had a blast. Just being out till five a.m. I'd done it in a while. I was like, oh, I still got it. I still got it. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, just, that was just a good contrast, you know, refreshing experience. So you didn't you didn't tell us how you uh, yeah you're out to five, but you probably didn't get there to like two or three. So uh, I got there at like explain. twelve <laughs> at midnight. I was eating steak down the street, and I walked up and I said, "Where's Dwayne?" And then there's Dwayne, and four checkpoints, and I was in. 
What about you? So I didn't have the checkpoint scene, but I was in Dallas um, checking out. Uh, one of my one of my good friends is a, is an artist up there. He plays with a band called Collab. They actually have a couple. That's how those artists work, right? They're in a couple different bands and they have their band that they have together. And he's also like a manager and producer of shows. So he was having he was producing a show up there, and I went and saw them. And um, you know, just to make a couple comparisons to Dallas and Austin, Dallas is changing, but it's still got the old Dallas. I think people love to hate. Mm-hmm. Um, for those fam- not familiar, Deep Ellum's a Deep Ellum gets a shout out and. By Bumby in a couple songs. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> From here to Deep Ellum. So uh, <laughs> I'm a big UGK fan. All right. Uh, Deep Ellum is kind of like dirty, a combination of Dirty Six and Red River. It's, mm-hmm. got the, it's got that feel of the tourism hitting there, but it's, it's one of their districts where that's got the live music scene back. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think, Red River to me. So it's, it's a combination of that. And it was interesting going up there and getting some live music and some DJs. They have Uptown, which is just north of Dallas, which is like West Six. And it's very much like West Six because it's got like dogwood and kung fu and it's got that general type of West Six crowd. And then, uh, and then they have Lower Greenville, which is kind of like East Six. Yeah, a little bit more true. hipster. Um, and that's where you used to have a lot more live music, but that scene is kind of changing to more DJ and more just people more casually out. So just an interesting scene. Just a shout out to Dallas. And if ever out there, you know those comparisons, little bastions of things you can relate to in Austin depending on what your scene is. Yeah. All right, so... The reason why we're here, we're all gathered here on this Tuesday. Dearly uh, beloved. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Come on, that was your moment. That was your moment. No, sorry, you know man. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm going to try to catch up. So, uh, as you all know, if you don't know, uh, you know, there's a lot going on here in Austin with the music scene. Uh, the music scene is, is facing a lot of problems. Uh, there was a bunch of reports that came out late last year and early, earlier this year about how uh, musicians can't afford to live downtown anymore. Venues are shutting down. Uh, 1,200 jobs were lost in the music industry within the past four years and among other problems. But I think that, you know, there's there's a conversation going on and the mayor woke up and said, okay, we can't, we can't keep calling ourselves the live music capital of the world if we don't do anything about this. Uh, we're known for that worldwide. It's something that impacts us, us all and we all enjoy. So we need to fix it. We need to figure out how to fix it. So... The purpose of these three episodes that uh, we're doing here at the Feedback Podcast is to talk about uh, this resolution, what it involves, what are the implications, trying to get you caught up uh, to the conversation and see what the solutions are. So, And really trying to come up with a sustainable plan to revive Austin uh, music community. So to bring that conversation to you, I have to get you know the best in the city to talk about it, right? So... This brings us to our guest. We have Rebecca. Hello. Farrell, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank From you. From Austin Music Law. <laughs> <laughs> and our returning champ, uh, T-Double, or Tyranny Johnson, for those who know him, yeah, yeah. Uh, from Urban Artists Alliance. And so what we were trying to do is really get you, so, get you guys a sense of what's been going on, get you caught up in a conversation, join the conversation, figure out what you can do to preserve the Austin music scene. Um, and so without any further ado, Rebecca, tell us a little bit about how you're involved in this whole thing. So I am a local Austin, uh, music attorney and I was looking for the way that I could help out the most. We have several attorneys here in town that work with bands on licensing agreements and 
copyright registrations and things like that. And so I didn't really feel like there was room for, for one more of those. And so as I surveyed the landscape, I uh, realized that the venues are really who needed my help right now. Um, mm -hmm. Based on the census results from, from last year, we, we found out that the permitting and licensing um, process with the city is something that's been really difficult for them. Mm -hmm. It's difficult to uh, obtain them and it's difficult to maintain them. So uh, I thought this might be a way that I could step in and, and help out and you know, be an attorney in Austin in the music industry and, and do something a little bit different than what the other attorneys are already doing. So what is your background? So I worked in the service industry here in this town for nearly 20 years before I went to law school. I was bartending and cocktailing in various bars and restaurants and hotels. And, you know, I worked around a lot of musicians. A lot of my friends and family and coworkers were venue owners and, and sound people and musicians. And particularly during the, the seven years that I worked in the Four Seasons Bar, I... Um, I saw, you know, what happened to our city during South by, and a lot of that was really great. You know, there was a lot of exposure, but then there was a vacuum the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, after being in the service industry for 20 years, I decided to get serious about my education and I, I went to UT and got my undergrad and then just went straight on to law school and decided that I really wanted to use that to support the Austin music scene. So that's how I ended up doing this. And uh, it didn't go quite as smoothly as I thought because I just assumed that our being the live music capital of the world would mean that when I got out of law school, there would be a job. <laughs> See how we're all laughing now? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, there was a panic moment there, but... Um, I was determined not to move to New York or L.A. like everybody told me I had to do uh, for a number of reasons, but really the main one being that the whole reason I, I started this was to support my hometown. So I believe that we can um, provide professional attorneys and professional musicians and professional industry straight out of our, our town, and we don't need to go to New York and L.A. to get legitimate Thanks for staying. We, that's very noble. We, yeah. we need that. That's yeah. we need those trailblazers. What about you? Hey, hey, tyranny. What's up? It's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard for you to say tyranny, right? So you saying T double? I'll, okay, I'll, I'm gonna say T double. For now, I want everybody. He's T double. He's in T double mode right now, as an artist. Yes. What's up? No. Um. You know, founder of the Urban Artist Alliance, and um, basically what that is, I noticed that we have a lot of nonprofits like, you know, Awesome Music People, Awesome Music Foundation, Black Fret. Right. And I've been involved with all those in some capacity. But a lot of things, they don't really incorporate urban music and how to further educate urban artists. Because hip hop and rock and jazz and all these genres of music are so different. The core is based, the bottom line is basically the same as the music industry. So some of the things you still need to have the same. But as far as marketing, promoting, branding, um, and elevating your craft and hip hop is way different than other things. So I thought, why don't I just create this vehicle mm -hmm. that can educate artists on how to create sustainable revenue, how to better build their brand, basically, you know, do all the things that I've done for me and teach other artists how to do it. You know, as well as me being an artist, as you know, a producer, right. licensing for music, been on the board of the Texas chapter of the Grammys and, you know, now on the advisory board of Black Fret, where, you know, we gave out $140,000 last year to artists to further their dreams, whether it's building websites, getting a new starter for their truck to tour, making product, merch, all those type of things. So I do, I do a lot of things. Did, did you feel that the uh, the 
by targeting just the the hip hop, uh, is it different across different genres, or is why did you pick that one spe- specifically? Well, I picked that one because that's what I do, and that's where right. my, that's where my heart was, and that's where you know, with me being born in Austin as well, and being here my whole life, I always knew that there wasn't nothing for me to go to to ask questions. There wasn't, you know, I can go to other people who do rock music, but that's what they do. They get gigs, they get booked, so they can speak from that. But when I say hip hop isn't getting booked and we're not getting paid, Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden our conversation stops and they don't really understand, you know, Mm -hmm. why and what I'm doing. So I thought since I've been doing it for so long that I could be the one to step up and say, now we have a voice. Now I can go to City Hall mm-hmm. and I can go to all these other places because I've been in the music industry so long and, you know, pretty pretty respected from me putting in all that work that people will listen to me. So artists can come to me. I consult them. They tell me what their grievances are, their problems. Then I can go to City Hall or other organizations or venues or whoever and say, let's talk. Let's have a dialogue. And this is how we can, you know, communicate a little bit. And you feel this is something that's not being happening at all. I mean, probably same in your case, representing um, venues like this dialogue was not happening. No, the, I, no, the conversation was 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 never happening. It was always in pockets. You know, what I mean, like right. hip hop downtown. First of all, is a new thing. You know, what I mean, that's only you know pretty recent because there was a point in time. You know, tell me if I'm starting to do my old man rant, <laughs> <laughs> but I can't help it. But there was a point in time where hip hop wasn't even, you know, really allowed on Sixth Street. Right. So yeah. now since we're down there doing gigs, now we now, you know, that's cool, but we still have to say, okay, how come we're not getting paid? We're not being compensated for performing our craft and our art. Just like a painter or somebody else, you should be compensated for what you do more than tip jar or drink tickets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean to me that's pretty insulting. They say, Okay, well, we'll give you drinks for you to <laughs> do your craft that you spent all day in your life and you're yearning to do, you get a couple of Heinekens, like it doesn't it doesn't really work. So it just put more muscle behind it. You know what I mean? I'm I'm the one to go in there kicking doors and, you know, slap up a few people and get things done if I need to. <laughs> Somebody has to. Somebody has to. Somebody has to. You know, I gotta be the ambassador, you know what I mean? I gotta be that middleman who can talk to the clubs and city hall and the mayor and everybody else and still go back to the hood with the folks and say, This is what's going on. There's really a change happening. Mm-hmm. You know. So. I think that in Austin we have unfortunately created a a um, culture of maybe a little bit of lack of professionalism. It's it's sort of we believe that if we are going to be true to ourselves, that it's it's not cool to embrace that business aspect right. of being a musician. And I think that the you know we just we're talking about I think the hip hop culture um, is is far more comfortable with that as far as accepting the fact that it's fine for me to, to make money off of licensing my stuff to shows and games. And, um, they don't necessarily focus as much on revenue from, from live performances where I think rock music and other genres have a harder time, um, being professional in the sense that they don't act like a business. I agree. And with with hip hop, the thing you got to stand by with hip hop is we were kind of forced into this model. Mm -hmm, You're right. Because we weren't allowed other tools and, Instantly getting record deals, you know, mm-hmm. when in yeah. the early days of music, you know, what I mean, when you had, you know, Epic Records or Arista or whatever, you know, the conversation is they weren't signing hip hop acts. Right. So when Curtis Blow got signed to Mercury, there were still other artists who weren't getting record deals who were just as good. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, so we had to start our own, you know, pop art and all these other indie labels to do that. So we've been doing it for years. Like people are like, oh, No Limit and Rap-A-Lot. That's the second wave. 
mm-hmm. artists, we were already dropping independent albums. So that's when and I that's came really into it. Serving I serving you. That it's yeah. really serving you now because I think that 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 community isn't wasting any time feeling sorry for themselves or, or or asking for help or sympathy. Whereas I think a lot of the other genres um, in Austin music anyway are taking some time to catch up to that. Yeah, Rebecca, I want to lean on some of your expertise here, just working with venues. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about some of the challenges in communication amongst the different groups. Mm-hmm. What are some of the challenges that are unique to maybe venues themselves and mm-hmm. and being a place where artists can perform and, you know, staying afloat, et cetera? Well, the venues are in a difficult situation right now because they are dealing with three things primarily. One is that the venue market is incredibly concentrated and competitive. Mm-hmm. So they obviously are, are all friends and they, they want to work together and, and help each other and <clears throat> communicate with the city in a way that... that um, represents all of their needs but they are in fierce competition with one another so there's that um then we're dealing with this regulatory structure that you know in my view is just uh evidence of the fact that we grew so quickly as a city that we just didn't have time the infrastructure didn't have time to catch up Mm -hmm. so now we have this um very inefficient system that they have to deal with just to to keep their businesses open. And then they are also dealing with code enforcement agents who are primarily concerned with public safety. And so when they come into a venue, their immediate uh, posture is, what are you doing wrong? Um, we may shut you down, whether it's tonight or forever. Mm-hmm. So they're not getting any real um, support from the city in that respect. Um, and then they're also dealing with really heavy taxation. I mean, the the uh, venues are dealing with a 15% tax off the top of every dollar that they make. And that's just a really um, difficult situation to make money. And, and not that it, not that any of them want people to feel sorry for them because they, they don't. It's just that if we're going to ask venues to pay our musicians, we need to put our venues in a better position to pay our musicians. So um, I think that the venues are, are happy that we're having this conversation. Um, certainly the mayor's proposal and the fact that he went out in public and committed to action instead of just everybody talking about how much they care about Austin music. It was, was really great. And it really galvanized a lot of public interaction. It's galvanized our music commission to really be empowered to, to make some policy around some things that can make some great changes. Mm-hmm. But I also think that, um, there's a little bit of a misconception in that the the venues, um, some of them are struggling, but most of them are actually doing well. But they don't, you know, they don't want to be presented as struggling or hemorrhaging jobs or hemorrhaging venue or revenue because they're actually doing well. But it's not because things aren't bad. It's because they're kicking ass and because they are audacious and they are very hard workers and they're risk takers mm-hmm. and they have a really good understanding of what of what people want when they go out to a venue. So they're doing okay um, despite all of these problems. But that doesn't mean that they don't that they shouldn't be able to expect city and state government to provide a fair environment and a transparent environment for them to conduct their business. So there is a breakdown between communication. Um, and again, I think it's just growing pains. So uh, as an artist, uh, T double, <laughs> yes. Um, what are some of the things that you've seen, um, happening with, uh, with the city, uh, whether it's, you know, artists trying to, struggling to find gigs or, 
uh, while getting paid is a whole other thing. I mean, right. Peter plays a big, it's also a big uh, issue that you've touched on before. Right. Um, so what, what are some of the problems that artists are facing? Well, you know, definitely getting paid for gigs. I think that's... That's the biggest one? Yeah, I think that's with any artist, you know what I mean? Because if you're not getting paid for gigs, then... It's like it's, everything touches everything else. If you're not getting paid for gigs, then it, it, it trickles down to, you know, housing. How can you pay your rent? To, yeah. To, you know, your mortgage or your rent. How can you pay for food? How right. can you pay for any of these things? So if you're not getting paid to perform, then that makes you less inspired to pursue your craft. Mm -hmm. So then you go back to your nine to five or whatever is paying your bills. So then that hurts the whole live music capital performance thing, because then if. We can't be that if we don't have musicians performing. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so then if venues are just throwing anybody on the stage, that doesn't help either because then that means the quality mm -hmm. is so low. Because when you go to a gig, like if you go to a hip hop show, for instance, as you know, right. there's 10 openers. And so if you have 10 openers and they're all really bad, then you, not only are you just, you know, not only going to dislike what you're seeing on stage, but you're going to start disliking that venue. And saying, oh, those are the That's type of acts point. that they that is, that is a really mm -hmm. good point, yeah. You know what I mean? So everything touches itself. Nothing is, nothing is standalone. You right. Can't, nothing is just by itself being damaged. Everything hurts itself, whether it's rock, jazz, hip-hop, whatever. And that's a good insight. And, and I think there's a misconception. Well, not a misconception, but people don't really realize how lucky we are in Austin. Because you go to other cities. You go to New York or any bigger cities. I mean, to... to go see a show you're gonna pay like 20 bucks right. if not more and here like it was five bucks in the 70s it's still five bucks today mm -hmm. and you still places yeah and you still if not free right and then you know people are still going ah, i don't want to pay five bucks but you'll pay 10 bucks for a drink mm -hmm. you know and you don't one thing people don't really if you do the math you're like okay there's maybe two bands playing you're paying five bucks. How much? How much of that five bucks? That five bucks has to be split, right? <laughs> in between well, well, everybody. Yeah. Well, part of what I feel on that, you know, I've been here for so long that there, there, there was a point in time in Austin where there was a a a, a partnership between bands and venues. Mm -hmm. Where you look back at Clifford Antones mm -hmm. with Antones, right? He would take bands like Vallejo and different band Bob Schneider. He helped me out on a lot of times and really worked with me to help me promote my shows together and to make sure that my shows were a success. Whereas plenty of venues just give you the night. Mm -hmm. The night is your night. Do what you can with it. We keep the bar. If you make any money, you know, great. We get one or two shots, maybe a, a couple of weeks to try your thing. Mm -hmm. If that works, good. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Like when we did a Hip Hop Hump Day. Mm -hmm. When we started that, they were like, hey, we'll give you three months to see what you guys can do. It, it jumped mm -hmm. and they helped us promote it. They helped us make flyers. They helped us make shirts. They helped us run our ads. They were really a partner with and not so much right now we're at a state where it's artists versus venues, venues. Mm -hmm. we're not so much working together to say let's make this a success how can we make this where austin was where everybody benefited mm -hmm. because the venue if they put their effort in the artists put their effort in everybody makes money everybody creates something amazing and there's no hard feelings if it doesn't work i think so, that there are some venues that have a reputation for Paying, paying their musicians as much as they can. And then there are some venues who have the reputation of, oh, doing, sure. of doing what you just said. And so yeah. if you are a performer in this town, you kind of know which gigs are good gigs in the sense that you're going to get paid and, and which right. ones aren't. But um, I think that all of that is a symptom of this um, uh, mindset of scarcity that we're in right now. Back when Clifford was doing all of that, um, th there was a lot more freedom to move around mm -hmm. and, and, and do that. Right now, everybody's 
operating so close to the bone that there's a lot of self-preservation mode, and, right. and I think that that's pervasive at every le- at every level. The city, um, you know, venues, musicians, everybody's really concerned about survival right now. So it, it doesn't allow for people to, to give freely and sort of let go and allow for that kind of collaboration right. that Clifford was so well known for. Yeah, and that's why, you know, I kind of I kind of teach artists a little bit more about other ways to create revenue besides performing. Right. You know, as you know, you know, in the entertainment industry, there's many ways to make revenue, many ways to make money off your music besides right. performing every week. Mm-hmm. So I try to tell artists, try these other things, try licensing, try to build better relationships Try to talk to other people who can help you pursue other angles. Mm-hmm. And that way you're not relying on that $50 from that gig mm-hmm. or that That's drink tickets or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Only, and there's some conversation so around should we, should we be finding other ways for musicians and creatives to make money, whether it's coding camps or you know Uber and Lyft drivers or whatever. Right. Um, but then there's people who say, well, no, we, we still would like to be able to teach creatives how to be professional creatives and I think that's something that's really great about what you do is right. you have to teach them how to be small businesses and if you want to be a small business you've got to bite the bullet and these are the things that you need to do yeah. to make money yeah. so with that in mind and the problems y'all, just, y'all really brought up some good problems with the venues with part of the city regulation and things that they can be done and the artists and, and the venues and the communi- lack of communication and venues sometimes you have that problem with, with, with pay to play and, right. and things of that nature how can, with all that in mind, you've both been to uh, one of the omnibus, at least one of the district meetings for the omnibus, correct? I went to cool. most. I, I yeah. think I missed two or three, but I went to most of them and yeah. saw back at every single one. I didn't miss a single one. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a, a crew of usual sp- suspects at this point, and he and I are, are a couple of them at this point. Yeah. 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 So based on what you learned um, at those various uh, omnibus meetings, was there anything that you saw that the city was looking to address or is bringing up that addresses some of the problems you have? Is there, do you have a reaction to that? Are they, are they moving in the right direction? Are there things they're missing? Can you expound upon your thoughts on the problems and how the city might be looking to address it? Um, I, okay, I think that the, uh, the spirit is certainly positive and in the right place. I think that there is real concern um, that some big decisions are about to be made and maybe some big problems are about to be missed. Um, and that even people who have been engaged, who have gone to these meetings and, and cried and yelled and <laughs> laughed and rapped and, you know, all of those things are, may still at the end of the day after bearing their heart um, feel left out of, of what's about to happen. And so I think that there's a real anxiety around the process because our city is already weary from... Um, this lightning speed growth. And so um, I think that people are worried about being left out of the decision-making process. Um, so I think that the the omnibus obviously was a really great start to showing um, genuine interest on the part of the city. Um, the Music Commission has done a great job of of being really diplomatic and listening to everybody's concerns and then scheduling all of those town hall meetings. Had they not done that, I wouldn't have met back. I wouldn't have met Lauren. I wouldn't have met Dan Redman. And, and now I genuinely can say these people are my friends and we're collaborators and we talk outside of all of this. And I think a lot of these things are going to organically get resolved because we were able to meet each other and, and take each other seriously. Whereas before we were just really working in our own little universe. So, 
Um, right. You I mentioned part of the problem is communication. So that, I mean, yeah, that and so those yeah those meetings I thought were really great, and I think that because they were district specific and genre specific, um, it allowed people to to have a voice and and feel engaged and feel like the city was really asking their opinion. So I think that. That as far as communication goes, that was a really great process. It, I, I see it as sort of a, a crucible. It was it was a, a moment for us to to really turn up the heat on all of these issues. And I think that because we were allowed to do that, we were asked to do that by our city, that we are uh, in a renaissance. I think that we discovered that it's not just me having new ideas. It's not just you having new ideas. There, right. there are a lot of us who who at the same time tech people um, business owners are having really great transformative ideas and we were all kind of able to come together and and see each other and I think that we are about to go through a pretty major transformation and and right now the squeeze is on right now it feels uncomfortable because people feel like there's there's change and and who were we before do we want to preserve some of that where are we going what's it going to look like are we going to be a tech city are we going to be a music city um, are, are any of us going to be able to afford to do what we love and live here? Um, all of those are important questions. I'm going to throw just a quick follow-up at you. Um, is there any one particular item in Omnibus? If there's not, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But is there any one that, for what you do mm-hmm. in, in terms of working with venues, that stood out to you that's something you want to see more highlighted and prioritized? Mm-hmm. So I think that um, many of the issues identified in the omnibus are very important. I have chosen just in order to be as uh, effective as I can possibly be to, to narrow down my focus on the permitting and licensing part. Mm-hmm. So there are a couple of proposals um, in the omnibus action plan, um, the response by the city staff, that uh, discuss maybe streamlining the uh, permitting process into an entertainment license. There's discussion of a best practices guide where we can incentivize venues to um, represent live music well so that there's not as many, as you were saying, shows that maybe shouldn't be there. (laughs) Um, Creating a standard, right? Yeah, right, exactly. And if this is something that we're going to promote as as our heart and soul, let's do it right. And so I think that there are some great conversations to be had around that. I I also feel that um, the venues that I work with, I had a a venue owner meeting mid-April with roughly 20 venues and... Um, I think that, again, they're happy that the conversation has been started, but that's what they feel. They feel like the conversation is at the very beginning, not at the end. Well, it's been going on for a long time, too. Well, it has. Uh, well, it has in the sense that there has been census. There, With the census, there was um, the economic paper. impact study, yeah. the white paper. There were those things. However, I think if you, know, if you go around <laughs> on the street and you talk to people, I've heard a lot of times people saying that they didn't feel represented necessarily by that census or by the white paper or by the economic impact study. And I, and I don't think that that's, um, it was intentional or was the fault of anybody. I just think that that might be an important place to start, but I don't believe it's the complete conversation. Did, yeah. did you, Tyranny, do you have any concerns or anything in the uh, actual proposal? Because they came up with like 70, a 73-point right. plan to right. preserve the the music ecosystem. And it's still government. It's not, not going to be able to get, them, get to all of them, of course. Right. Even, even, with, even with all those 70, whatever, I feel they can still whittle it down to more specific things. You know what right. I mean? I think they just kind of threw it out there like, 
where these are things that we're talking now. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think that's the biggest part is there's dialogue. That, right. You know, we in the, in the urban scene, you know, I mean, we've been talking about these issues for years about why we can't get, you know, booked, why we can't get paid. What's up with the venues? What's up with all these things? So this is not a new dialogue for us. But I think more in the urban scene, which is what I'm really trying to do, is get back to us building up our foundation first so we can have more to bring to the table when we approach the city and make it more of us working with the city and not relying on the city. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? To to give us places to perform, give us this, give us that, where we can say, well, we have this right now. Let's work together. You know, like one thing I brought up was like when ACL or – you know, any of these festivals come like Fader Fort, for instance, right? Like right. We have Fader Fort. It's really huge. Why don't we rotate, make that a rotating event and put that on the east side somewhere, one of those empty warehouses on the east side. So now you have a venue on the east side. There's traffic going there. There's concession stands. You hire some of the kids and people from that neighborhood. Right. Teach them how to, you know, work in that venue, get, create skills for them. So then when that festival is going now, they can go work at other venues now. They're trained. They have skills. Make it a make it, make it a continuous thing, not just ignore the east side when those events happen. You know what I mean? Like, there's many places over there we can start creating venues in. You know what I mean? So the dialogue can go on and on and on of why, you know, we should be over there a little bit more. I think that's a really good point to say that you want to be able to work with the city and not rely on the city. Right. I think that a lot of people don't want to be perceived as asking for government action in right. problems that can be solved by the private sector. Totally. All they're asking is don't make it harder for us. Right. Right. You know, yes. give us the resources and don't make it harder for us. And and I don't again, I don't think there's any intent to make it harder i just think that because we've grown so quickly you know all of the city departments are having trouble catching up and so the music community is just identifying ways okay these are some things that can be cleaned up that will just help us do our job but we're not asking you to do anything on behalf on our behalf right and and i think that goes back to your point that you know one thing that these town hall meetings have done is to put all the right people in the, in the room, in mm-hmm. the same room. Mm-hmm. And there's great people out there doing great things. We yeah. just didn't know because, you know, you get so caught up in right. what you're doing and you don't get your head out and say, okay, I could work with you. I can work with, you know, with Lauren at Solstice Live. Mm-hmm. I could, you know, Chris Bush doing great things with Tip Cow. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I think that um, as far as what gonna, what's going to come out of it, mm-hmm. whether or not the city actually does anything, well, Hopefully they will, but as far as timeline wise, if this is this a process that's going to take a year, two years, five years, ten years, mm-hmm. um, but I think there are things that can be done right now, mm-hmm. you know, based on all the players who are actually already doing already mm-hmm. doing things, and you know, getting that city like approved. Okay, we we like this project. We want to back it up. Whatever that means, whether it's, it's monetary or mm-hmm. just supporting, policy. whatever it is, or just policy or putting a link on their website or whatever whatever mm-hmm. it is. But mm-hmm. I think that there are solutions, mm-hmm. um, and there's a momentum going on that's been going on for a few months, and that's what the town hall have done. That's what the commission mm-hmm. has been pushing. And so, uh, in your mind, like, what do you? Uh, what are some of the things that people can get involved in like right now? Because yeah, we have all these people doing things, but we have all these resources, all these people mm-hmm. doing great things. But if the general public, the people who live here, the community, mm-hmm. people who just got here, who have no idea how to navigate this thing and they want to get involved because they got, they came because Austin is a music city. Mm-hmm. We're known for that worldwide. We have some of the best festivals in the world. Mm-hmm. How can they get involved, engage, engage mm-hmm. and you know, 
I think well, one thing I'd like to say, too, about ha having a city solution to the music issues is I think we're just now starting to feel comfortable admitting that the music scene and the music industry is not monolithic. There are uh, varying levels of successful businesses and smaller businesses. There are a varying level of needs depending on genre or what part of town you're in. So asking the city to come up with a one-size-fits-all um, probably will end up uh, exacerbating some problems and helping some people and, and not helping other people. So I think it's important to tread lightly when we try to come up with one big policy that's going to answer everybody's problems. I think those of us out here can probably do a better job because we're on the ground. We understand um, the scenes that we work in and, and what they need. Um, as far as how to get engaged, I would highly recommend everyone go to music commission meetings. It's once a month. Yeah, every it's first the, Monday of the, the month. It's the first Monday of the 630. month. 6.30. It's at 6.30 in the boards and commissions room at City Hall. You can get your ticket stamped so you don't have to pay for parking. Mm -hmm. You don't need an invite. You don't need a wristband. But it's definitely an opportunity for everyone to get in the same room. And uh, even if you don't feel like speaking, you, you can sign up to speak if you feel like there's something that's on your heart and your mind and, and you want to say um, but if you don't, you can just go and watch and, and learn who all the players are because at some point you probably will have something to say. And I think that um, the, the Music Commission can only make decisions as good as the input that they have. And so if there's mm -hmm. only limited input, they, they can only make decisions that, are, that reflect a, a limited point of view. So the more people that come, you know, students, tech people, business owners, musicians, just Austinites, you know, music matters to all of us. It's not It's not just a hobby. It's not just something that some people care about. Like, it's something everybody cares about. It's how we communicate as humans. It's how we grow as humans. So, you know, if you could spend one Monday a month coming to this meeting, I think that would be a really great use of your time. And, you know, after the last Music Commission meeting, we all went and had a drink and a Topo Chico and yeah. talked it out. And it was... <laughs> It was great. Good it was, networking. It, well, it was, but it, I, what I really liked about it was that we do so much networking around this. There's a lot of panels and there's lots of meetings, but what I really enjoyed about it was the community. We sat around and talked to each other like people instead of how can you help me with my project. Right. We did talk a lot about ideas and, and we all have different expertise to bring in the conversation. But I think that helps bring down defense mechanisms. It, it helps just open up ideas when if everybody were to start showing up to the music commission meetings, they'd have to get a much bigger room and it would be a party, <laughs> you know. And I think that'd be that, a good problem to have. That would yeah, be a exactly. great problem totally. to have. And so I think that uh, showing up to the music commission meetings would be a really great way to start. And then over the next couple of weeks, we really are kind of in this um, moment where there's going to be some decisions made. So if you want to find out who your music commissioner is, uh, you can go on the just Google Austin Music Commission. There's a link on the side that says members. Yeah. And it gives you all of the contact information for your music commissioners. Email them. Tell them what you care about. They're because very approachable. They I gotta, are I very say, approachable. Yeah. And we're not going to have another um, you know, meeting before some of these decisions are proposed. So right now is a really good time to contact them and just tell them what's what's on your mind. So, in, Tierney, in your okay. field specifically, is, is there some solutions that you're uh, seeing, that you're hoping to get 
out out of this uh, this omnibus resolution? Well, well, one thing I've I've you know from like the the music commission meetings that they've had around town, like the one we were at Carver and I that yeah, I think what's really going to come from all these these discussions is new partnerships away from the city, like meeting Dan Redman with Mosaic Music Group and talking to tech companies. And I've met all these new people who have so many great ideas and they're mm-hmm. like, how can we get more music involved with what they do? Because they do coding. They do that type of stuff. They're not in bands. Podcasts. They, don't, they don't know. All <laughs> podcasts. They don't know, you know, the creative end of the music. So now we got those partnerships happening. And I think it's very smart of the city to be involved early on to say we want to be a part of all this because there's a whole nother revenue stream when these other atoms start mm-hmm. knocking together, creating things. Right, right, Because right. that's going to bring more money to the city, more festivals, more conventions, more all these things that the city wants to be ahead of before it happens. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's smart on their part to say we want to be a part of that, but there's also other conversations that are happening that are going to create amazing things as well, like Mosaic Music Group, They're gonna, you know, the space that they're opening up over yeah, there on the east side, side that yeah. we went we went and saw i was telling them make sure they in, involve the neighborhood That's make right. sure make mm-hmm. sure you you become yep. a participant of, of where you where you're you're landing you know what i mean when you're on the east side now make sure you involve that neighborhood and tell them what you're doing and ask them if their kids want to come learn how to make vinyl learn how to sell merch learn how to you know do that just don't invade and say we are here now and don't come right, past right, our right. gate. You know, that was one big thing for me because, you know, me being from the Austin and me being from the east side, I know how many companies come here, take up space, but don't involve anybody there. And then they leave and we have, we're left with a big field of mm-hmm. an empty building that if they would have trained people and taught people and incorporated us into that, we could have took over that building, created more general you know, revenue, more jobs, more mm-hmm. long-term sustainability. So you and I both went to Keeling Middle School. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, exactly. And I was so uh, excited to see Spotify's donation yep. of the recording studio. Yep. And the reason I really was happy about that is because it was totally unsolicited. Yep. They approached the school and asked, you know, can we do this for you? And I just feel like there's such an opportunity for private solutions to these problems. Well, there you go. I mean, th- one thing that was brought up in a lot of the town hall meetings, and I sh- I, I'll take the credit from one of them because mm-hmm. I brought it up in one of them, mm-hmm. is that we have all these businesses, all these uh, companies who are here, whether you're local or you're Facebook, Google, uh, Microsoft, Dell, whoever, right? And they they have their offices here for a reason. They're in Austin because the vibrant uh, vibrant city is growing and everything. So I think there are ways we can get them involved. And th- like you said, like Spotify actually totally. reached out. But yeah. what I'm saying is, has that happened the other way around where people went out and went to Facebook and said, hey, you're in Austin. And this is what Austin does. This is what Austin is about. We're a music city, you know. Let's get it. Let's let's get sponsorship. So whatever whatever it is, but I think I think that's where Austin. You know, Austin is a real laid back city. We're kind of just you know we're still kind of seventy ish groovy. Like we'll get to it. We'll talk. We'll have a drink. I think <laughs> I think we de- we definitely we definitely need to make a liaison person. Let's have coffee. We definitely need a person like Texas Music Office, like Brendan and other people who yeah. can go to these companies and say, hey, you know, you have funding. You're a huge company. Why don't you know we work together and build real partnerships? Mm-hmm. You know what Spotify did was amazing you know when i when i first heard about that and i wanted to be involved with that i was like first of all it's at keeling right right i went, I went there that only made sense for me to be involved some kind of way uh-huh. but i was like we need more of that you know what i mean and when i spoke to spotify i was like are you doing this just for pr because it's 
It's a good up, look, right? It's a good look, or is this going to be a long-term thing where it's really going to help kids? Mm-hmm. Because when I went to Keelan, I was sitting at Courtyard with my notebook, and I didn't have a place to go create my music. Mm-hmm. There was nowhere I could expand on that. So I was really struggling. So now that that's there, I'm like, let's do more of that, and let's sustain that, and let's really make that a, a long-term thing and just not a little gimmicky mm-hmm. for the moment thing, you know, because it has a personal, you know, when it's personal to me, I, you know, I'm really about it. anything that deals with Austin, I'm really personal about. You Absolutely. Know I mean? Sometimes, you know, you can, you can get accused of caring too much yeah. about Austin. But I one thing I also loved about the Spotify recording studio is that it uh, increased diversity in a roundabout yeah. way. I think that we a lot of times try to um, manufacture increasing diversity, but right. that recording studio really was just a place for people to make music together. Yeah. And that naturally um, increased diversity in that yeah. school that you and I both went to. So, yeah, I, I think that there's really great solutions out there. And I know that the um, the studies that we got and, and the conversations that we're having right now paint a pretty grim picture, but I, I think that there's a lot of hope and a lot of great things going on. I agree. Well, well, one other thing that I think that people can do um, is become what I – called scene evangelist in a sense that you go to a show or you're a regular at a um at a venue um don't keep it to yourself mm-hmm. you know share it with your friends even if you're not going on a given night you say hey there's a this is band i like that you got to go check out share it with your friends facebook i mean this is what we have that's, some, that's, economy. that's somewhat it's happening easy. now with facebook video everybody got their video now right. they're at a club so it's somewhat it, it, it is, but um, I think that we need to see more of that. Mm-hmm. And, and I yeah. think that, you know, for people who don't keep up with the scene, who have responsibilities like jobs and kids and all yeah. the other stuff, you know, that's what they look for. Unless someone else that they trust tells them, right. hey, that's it. you're into comedy, go to uh, go see, go to Empire on a Tuesday. You're into right. hip hop, go to Mike Exchange. You like yeah. to dance like a... Like it's no tomorrow. There's Body Rock. Go well, to Sea Boys. I was telling to... you about Skylark yesterday. Right, exactly. I love Skylark, and I go there a lot. And I feel like a lot of people don't really know what a great, real Delta Blues joint that is, and how it's it's really focused on um, increasing audiences that are not monolithic. So right. So I, I love mean, that place. it's an opinion that you trust. And it goes a long way versus having to do the research, uh, do go to do 512 or mm-hmm. look through your Facebook feed or your invites and so on. So it's definitely a great way. Mm-hmm. Um, another way also, real quick, is, uh, I mean, of course, listen to the Feedback Podcast. I have to say this because every, every show we do, we recommend events. Right. Every week, we're like, this is what's going on this weekend. Go check it out. Here's why you should go check it out. Uh, it's a dance spot or, you know, the band just dropped an album or they were uh, fe- they were uh, performing at ACL, whatever that might be. But we'll give you a reason why you should get in your car and go check out the band or the party or the DJ or whoever. So nice. uh, keep, in, keep in touch with the feedback. We're doing great things. Yeah, a few notes. Uh, we have a, a little bit, a bit of a chat going on in the in the in the chat for Mixler. Yeah, shout out to everybody in the chat, yeah, by the way. Shout out to everyone Uh-oh. from Mike Swingville, Carlo, Marcy, Neza, and more. Um, to the solution side of, of like uh, the, the city and the businesses supporting the artists, mm-hmm. someone came up with a good idea in the chat. You know how they have um, they have discounts for like students and military and elderly, mm-hmm. and why not have a discount for certain things for artists? That's you know you have that starving that 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 stereotype of a starving artist. Why don't we do more things to mm-hmm. 
to do that and businesses support them. They're talking about discounts for like maybe food or a movie or artist or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Have y'all seen anything like that in other cities? Anything that you would think that might work in Austin? Well, not not you know not not in other city, but I've I've had that discussion before, and the people are like, well, how can you? Then who's an artist and who's qualified for the discount? Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Does it matter? You bring in a flyer. Well, anybody can make a flyer. You know, mm-hmm. or an ad in a chronicle. A paste a pay stub. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but <laughs> you, 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 you won't, you, you, you won't get a pay stub gig. Yeah. And, you know, you don't get that. But it, like, okay, do you bring your ad in? A, so let's just say, okay, you bring your ad in a chronicle, and that means you're an artist, right? So you get your discount. Most hip hop shows don't get their ads in a chronicle. So then a lot of shows so, don't get their ads. So then in we're kind of we're kind of scooped out of that idea from the jump yeah, I yeah think well, maybe, couple, maybe it's getting like a union or some sort of organization that just i think there's a couple answers to that and okay. one is there are there are um artist specific uh organizations such as ham and sims and right. so mm-hmm. somehow i'm not sure what their vetting process is for determining whether or not you are truly a musician or a creative and then that you qualify for their services but they clearly have something and so it might be worth looking into how do you qualify as an artist but I also think that um, then we kind of get back into that issue of do we want to create a protected class of musicians where they are considered to be disenfranchised or powerless? Right. And then that creates kind of a culture yeah, of, totally. of poverty. And so, you know, I think it, it, we have to pick one. We have to pick do we want to be professionals? Yeah, do we want to be right. yeah, yeah, do we want to be business people? Do we want to figure out how to get our shit together? Or do we want people to treat us like we can't do better than we are, therefore we need you to to give us free stuff. Right. More working with not relying on, like I said earlier. You know what I mean? It's a Go very good point. Good point, good point. <clears throat> We're about coming up on time. Um any just final thoughts in general, just um and positive at that, like solution oriented. Takeaways. <laughs> yeah. All the people something listening. happy. <laughs> Let, let's Take be positive away. here. We can't Some, just something that we can we can kind of go off of a momentum into the next series, and the people listening can kind of go with. I think that there are some great organizations. I think if you can find a way to support Mosaic, you're going to be really glad that you did because when this thing takes off, you're going to want to be able to say you were part of it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Quick pause. We've Quick talked pause. about Mosaic a couple times. Mosaic, anybody anybody want to expound on that? Dan Red, Redman will be, here next, we'll be week. here next week. So Mosaic mm-hmm. Town Collective is a music incubator that's op- going to be opening on the east side. Uh, basically, he's trying to bring a you know put together a space where artists, musicians can collaborate, uh, learn about the uh, the business side of the the music industry. Yep. There's so many opportunities there. I mean, it's going to make it a nonprofit slash profit. So make sure you tune in next week because then we'll be, be on the awesome. show and there's going to be a lot to learn. So the, he'll be here to talk about all that. Yeah, and I just think stay positive, think big, and, and let's get to know each other on a personal level. And I think a lot of these things are going to get resolved. Go to each other's shows and, and get to know one, yeah, get to know one, one another. Yeah. yeah, I would just say, you know, first of all, you know I me, mean? like never give up. You know, I know it sounds cliche and all that, but believe in yourself, believe in your art, and believe that you can push through all these diverse moments, you know what I mean, because, you know, I'm, I'm living proof of it. You know what I mean? Like I started making music here in Austin at nine years old, mailing my stuff to Warner Brothers. So I've seen the ups and the downs where everybody was getting a record deal in Austin and then nobody was. Mm-hmm. Where we had tons of record labels here and then we had none. Where we had venues that were profiting and bands were making money at the venues and there was none, then there was. So I, you, you can make it through as long as you're focused, as long as you, you network. You really go meet people, you know what I mean? Get on the Google box. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you have a question, <laughs> go there and say, like Rise Against the Storm, when they first moved here, they got on online, they said, 
what organization do I need to find when I get to Austin? Mm -hmm. They got to Austin Music Foundation. They went there and said, well, who's doing hip hop? They met me. So I took them around to stubs and different venues and really plugged them in. And you see where they are now. Right. You know, so ask questions and meet people and say, you know, this is what I'm trying to do. And how can we work together? Not what can you do for me? You know, that's why I tell a lot of artists when I meet artists, they're like, how can I get a record deal? Well, you need to say, you know, not really so much how you get a record deal, but how can you create your own record deal? How can you create your own thing? How can you create ownership? Building your catalog. You know, if you look at music and licensing, people who own the catalogs and own the publishing are the ones who make the majority of the money. Yep. And sometimes that's not even the artists. Right. You know, there are people who go buy catalogs. So it's, it's you know, just be positive and create music and build your catalog because catalogs don't build themselves, like I say on Facebook. But just stay, <laughs> just stay busy. Love yourself. Love those around you. Love being in Austin. Amen. It's not a bad place. And, you know, and as long as you're a participant in that sunshine, we'll be as bright as we were, you know, the day we came out of our mama's. Oh man, that's a shirt right there. <laughs> that is a t-shirt. Mic right drop. There. <laughs> oh, oh. You know, I, I come it's, with the graduation. <laughs> it's graduation music and a mic drop and a t-shirt. Wow. So what what are and some <laughs> what are some of the stuff you got uh coming up? Anything you wanna you wanna plug? Any events? The only thing I'd like to say is if you are a venue owner in Austin, I would really like to take you to lunch and just find out what you need. So look me up on Facebook, Austin Music Law, or online, Austin Music Law, and just let me uh, meet you, shake your hand, and find out what it is you need to to get involved. Yeah. Yeah, what about you, And, um, you know, you can find me at T-double.com, T-E-E-D-O-U-B-L-E.com. There's links to the Urban Artist Alliance there. I just started a blog called Be Your Own Mogul, where I'm going to give artists steps-by-steps and advice on how to be their own mogul, how to own their music, own their destiny, you know, mm-hmm. be be a leader in their life and not a, a waiting person on the bus, but you're driving it now. So T-double.com is where you find everything about me from there, Facebook, Twitter, all my links are there. Nice, nice. Great. Let's get into our weekend picks. Yeah. Um, how about you go first? Because you know a lot about, a lot yeah. more about that Solstice. Yeah, so Solstice Festival is going on this weekend on Saturday. Um, and it is only local Austin music. I mean, the lineup is some of the best. Uh, yeah. Some of them are actually, some of them been on the show. Henry the Invisibles, the One Man Funk Band, uh, Mother Falcon, uh, Zeely, yeah, Zeely, uh, Rise Against the Storm, Ume, uh, Golden Dawn Orchestra is going to be mm-hmm. performing as well. So that's Saturday going on at the Pan Am Park on the east side, Third uh, and Robert Martinez Street, that area. So two stages from twelve to ten. Uh, it's twenty five bucks online uh, or forty five VIP, and add ten bucks for a shirt. So it's all ages. Make sure you go check it out. But the festival, the whole festival is on Saturday, but they have shows on Friday night all over all over Austin. I mean, it's the Herald Lounge, Blackheart, Gatsby, Stay Gold, Spider Ballroom, Empire, Mohawk. It's all over. And at every show, they have at least like four or five bands playing, at least. Mm-hmm. Like Sip Sip and all of these, mm-hmm. you know, great bands, all local Austin. Uh, so just go to solsticeatx.com. Get your wristband. Um, if you want to go see those shows on Friday night at all these venues, it's 10 bucks at the door. If you have a wristband, you're good. And uh, actually, you have an announcement to make because I'll be doing a live podcast on Thursday at Stay Gold. That's where you go pick up your wristband. You can uh, get your wristband there as well. 
so stay gold. It's uh, from three to nine. You can go pick up your wristband. I'll be there doing a live podcast, and I'll have I'll be talking to Ume and Henry the Invisibles, Hard Proof, Afrobeat. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Hard Proof, uh, Young Tongue. So I'll be uh, basically trying to get get people to know the bands who're going to be performing at at the festival. So I'll be there from uh, five thirty to seven thirty. We should go check him out. And uh, yeah, Solstice Live. I mean, they're doing great things. Shout out to Lauren Bruno. All the information at solsticehtx.com. Uh, all local music support. And I guarantee you, you'll see these guys at ACL and yep. South by. And you'll be like, oh, I was there when I saw them at Solstice Fest. So it's one of those <laughs> festivals you don't want to miss. Yeah, good up and coming festival. Speaking of them, there's a brand new festival started. By a big corp. Another one? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not, a big, it's not a big festival, though. It's, it, they're focused on local artists. It's actually Google. Mm-hmm. At, their, um, at their Google Fiber office on 2nd Street. Yeah. They're pretty much blocking off and taking over 2nd Street and promoting a lot of local artists. Like, let's see. I put a couple on here. I know Keeper was one, one of them. Um, Tamika Jones. Yeah. There was a couple others out there that I recognized uh, that I could be performing. It's all free on 2nd Street. I mean, you have to pay for food and drink, but the artists themselves are free. Um, that Google sponsoring on, they'll have other activities going on, all on Second Street, from essentially, from essentially Congress all the way down to Guadalupe, and that's all on Saturday from 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. Brand new thing they're mm-hmm. doing, so definitely go check that out. If you're not at Solstice, you should be at that. You really have no excuse to catch some good live local music this weekend. Yeah, support the live music scene. We need, we need it. We need Very it. Cool. And uh, Blues on the Green. Yeah, I just want to shout that out because you probably won't. Um, most of you may not hear by the time we shout it out next week, so I want to get it in now. Blues on the Green here in Austin. Another event that promotes a lot of local artists uh, on the 22nd, next Wednesday, not tomorrow, but next Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, they'll have Wild Child and Max Frost. Both of them are from Austin. Uh, Wild Child will be playing in ACL for the first time as well. So um, if you're not going to be at ACL, good time to catch out catch an ACL artist all for free in Zilker Park. Um, I believe that starts. First band goes up. Max Frost goes up at eight. Uh, Wild Child goes up at nine. Nice, nice. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Rebecca. Tyranny, T double. We have I, I have all the links on thefeedback.com, of course, to how you can keep up with Rebecca T double. Uh next week, uh, we have Dan Redman from uh Music Sound Collective, uh Mosaic Sound Collective, sorry, and Chris Bush from Tip Cow. If you don't know about Tip Cow yet, it's a great app. You can tip bands right from your phone, whether you're there or not. It's a great app i mean he's been they've been working on it for a while and it's uh they're doing great things so make sure you keep up with that so tune in next week a couple other things this is the feedback podcast we do this every week me and miko shout out to byron our showrunner and uh if you want to support the podcast three ways basic three ways share with your friends tell your people about the feedback podcast uh you can subscribe on itunes soundcloud uh follow the feedback on facebook twitter instagram and all that good stuff Rate on and review on iTunes. That really helps us it, as far as rankings. And also, if you want to help us out, because, you know, this costs money, the equipment, the hosting, the podcast, the, the live show. I mean, the, the fact that we're broadcasting live costs money. So if you want to donate, we'll really appreciate it. Just go to thefeedback.com slash donate. Uh, you can support the podcast this way. And all the money is going towards uh, this podcast. And I think uh, we need it. And the conversations keeps going, and this is what we do. So thank you again, Miko. Yep. Much love to everyone out there and everyone in the chat. Mike oh. Swing, M- William, Echo, everyone else in there. Appreciate it. Thank you Mike, so much, Mike and Swing. make sure you stay tuned next week. And don't forget, 
the last one, show number 100, Ooh. is live at City Hall on Tuesday, the 28th. All the, all the, the whole schedule is on the feedback.com. Just go check it out. It's going to be right? a great show. Thank you so much. Talk to you next time. Ciao, ciao. Peace out. Take care. Thank you for listening. And as a reward, here's a little freestyle that T-Double did after the show. So enjoy. One, two, uh, maybe turn me up a little bit, maybe turn me up a little, little bit, little, little, okay, okay, relax for a minute, let me drop the lyrics till T-Double get finished, your brain gets in it, my thoughts are cemented and grounded, listen up close to BD found it, looked upon the Mac, matter of fact, I brought it back, what's freestyling, he's doing that. The way I rhyme, I do remarkable things. I just told a little story about my man Mike Swing. My mic swing heavy out the park with a homer. The way that I rhyme, I got my folks not a loner. Yep. And that's how it is, and I rhyme with no flaws. Got my girl Rebecca, she could tell you about law and all y'all. <laughs> Never heard nobody who could spit. This is freestyle, cause I'm the ultimate. They say they call the boy a legend, he's the hometown kid. And the way that I be rhyming, I be on this head. It go the boom. Matter of fact, he's on And the way that I be rhyming Got the remarkable songs in my poem I give it right to you single-handed The way that I can do it T-double and never stranded And this gotta be better than before And the way that I be rhyming The other boy is so raw In the chat room, that room That way they be talking The way that I can do it My lyrics, man, they be sparking Microphones when I burn it through the wire And I gotta keep it going And I will not retire Go on and on it To the break of dawn I can freestyle all day Your acapella the song But on it If you really want it When it hit He could bring it down Faded I'll T-double make the hits And got a couple of albums I'll take you all to heaven I dropped 26 My next album is 27 Our brethren Woo.